Hi, friends. How are you today? I hope you're in good health and secure. I'm laughing at myself because <laughs> I think I look a little tired today. Ah, yes. The life of a new puppy. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep up with it. Anyway, super happy to have a new puppy around. Still calling her by my old dog's name. Haven't broken that, happened yet, but I'll be glad when it does because I always feel a little weird when it happens. Anyway, yes, and that's just a puppy. Raising an actual human child, that's a young person's game. <laughs> Parable, the third chapter of Leon Hurwitz's translation of the Lotus Sutra. I'm I'm always finding new the recent publications now. It seems like maybe I was a little ahead of the curve, but when I started this channel back in 1995, I was determined approximately that time, sooner, but when I actually got a website up and started just railing against biases in cultural and religious terminology getting for you know shoehorned into buddhism as i often say it um i've mellowed a lot since then but i think because more and more my own rhetoric to replace it has gotten better and um it, it, more accurate and my own study has flourished many insights for myself which is just keeps inspiring me to keep make this resource so that we all understand the teachings of Shakyamuni, the Lotus Sutra, Nichiren, um, for what they're really saying instead of these disguised rhetorical stupidities, really, uh, because they just obfuscate and they make it harder to just see the plain truth. Um, anyway, obviously, it still gets a rise out of me. Um, but this uh, Leon Hurwitz, uh, for it, it has some foibles. You know, I'll see the occasional religious word in here that doesn't belong. Uh, it's not Buddhist thought. It just isn't. It's not my opinion. And I know it's not my opinion because now there have been in the last, just the last handful of years from like 2019, 2020, 2022, there have been publications coming out doing the same thing. Even uh, the Risho... No, no, no. Um, what the heck is the name of them? The Kosekai, right? Uh, they put out a book back in the uh, mid-70s called uh, The Threefold Lotus Sutra. And uh, at the time, that was the most complete book that I was able to find, and that I based much of my practice on it, but I still I had to remove a lot of the rhetoric. Well, now they've come out with a new version. <gasps> what do you know? And it's called Buddhism for Today. What an interesting thought. And we're going to read it. And it's basically the same exact book, but they've changed a lot of the rhetoric. I don't know that it's all 100% correct, but yeah, 2019. We are going to find out. But I'm so relieved to find that the authors, the erudite scholars and academics of Buddhism are finally giving this sutra its due and demystifying its messages because they weren't mystical when Shakyamuni taught them. They weren't mystical when Nichiren taught them. But 
the translators, boy, they love to push that in there because it's almost as though they, they want to cap Buddhism at the knees so it's at the same level as all the magical thinking and mysticism of religion. It just isn't a religion for that very reason. Still, though, even scholars I respect, like Jacqueline Stone and uh, Mr. Lopez and, uh, and others, they default to that classification of religion. And I don't know if they do it because that's what they're comfortable with or that's what, that's what they think people want to hear, which I think is even more insipid and wrong. Um, but anyway, you and I know the score, right? We know practicing Buddhism is extremely intimate. It's a personal practice. It's about our mind. It's not psychology. It's about the way we experience the world. So, <laughs> what an entry into a chapter called Parable. Right off the bat, you know, this isn't going to be literal. But it's going to use examples, ideas, mentations, imagination that's going to draw from real life to help you see, connect the dots. Ah, uh, this is what the mind does. The mind is fascinated with stuff and making up stuff. But underneath it, there's an essential truth. That's what we need to pay attention to. What is really going on here, right? And this is what I try to do in each and every one of these videos. How much I succeed really is based on the insights that you get out of it, right? All I'm doing is sharing my own. And uh, all you can do is relate or not relate to that. And that's the Sangha, yeah? Okay, here we go. At that time, Shariputra danced for joy. Of course he danced for joy, right? He just learned that, oh, we're finally going to get the key. All this time I thought I was working on the key, but all I was doing was working on the path. Now we're going to get to our destination. Wow, this is amazing. Hmm? Then straight away he rose and joining his palms together, looking reverently at the august countenance, countenance of Shakyamuni, addressed the Buddha, saying, Now that I have heard this Dharma sound from the world-honored one, I have in my heart the thought of dancing for joy. He's heard the Dharma sound. He's gotten the initiation to something brand new. Right? I have gained something I've never had before. What is the reason? Formerly, when I heard such a dharma as this from the Buddha, I saw the bodhisattvas receive the prophecy that they should become Buddhas. But we had no part in this, right? He's a Sharvaka. He's working toward arhatbuddhood. But that's not full, complete enlightenment. That's just releasing attachment. But it's not the full experience of the engine of life. That's just a personal, selfish Mm. I was sorely grieved that I was to miss the incalculable knowledge and insight of the thus come one. World honored one, in the past I have dwelt alone in mountain forests like a Pratyaka Buddha, yeah? 
And at the foot of trees, and whether sitting or walking, I always had this thought. We have all entered identically into dharmahood. How is it that the thus come one shows us salvation by resort to the dharma of the lesser vehicle? This is our fault, not that of the world-honored one. What is the reason? Had we waited for him to preach that on... <clears throat> sorry. Had we waited for him to preach that on which the achievement of Anuttara Samyak Sambodai, perfect and complete enlightenment, is based, then without fail, we should have attained salvation through the greater vehicle. However, since we did not understand that the preaching had been based on expedient devices and accorded with what was appropriate to the particular circumstances, well, when we first heard the Buddha's Dharma, directly we had encountered it, we believed it, accepted it, had thought about it, and based conclusions on it. In other words, they were listening all right, but they were just paying too much attention to the rhetoric, the words, the familiarity of what they already knew. What happens in the Lotus is that you have to make a break, a full break, from that which you think you know in order to now experience something completely different. And they weren't ready to do that before. Many are not today, yes? Look at what passes for truth today. I'm not going to say any more about it. Hmm? World-honored one, from of old, day long, and into night, I have been reproaching myself. How could I have been so stubborn, right? But now that I have heard from the Buddha that I had never heard before, a dharma that has never been before, I have cut off my doubts and second thoughts, my body and mind are at ease, and happily I have gained peace. Just because I know now the paradigm shift I must make. It never occurred to me, duh. But now I understand. I need to make a great leap across this chasm of the monkey mind, yeah? This day, at long last, I know that I am truly the Buddha's son, born of the Buddha's mouth, born of Dharma transformation. Transformation. I have gained a portion of the Buddha's Dharma. Just by willing it, seeing the possibility of what it is that we need to do in order to achieve it, there's a great, great expectation now. A, a, a thirst, a preparedness, namu. Hmm. At that time, Shariputra, wishing to restate this meaning, proclaimed gathas, saying, Having heard this Dharma sound, I have gained that which I never had before. My heart harbors a great joy, and the network of my doubts is completely cleared away. From of old, having received the Buddha's doctrine, I have never lost the greater vehicle. I was hoping for a description there. The Buddha's voice is very rare, able to clear away the agonies of the beings, right? The, the anxieties, the stresses. It's always the four noble truths are always in here, aren't they? It's fascinating. 
Having already gained the extinction of the outflows, upon hearing this, I also cleared away my cares and agonies. See what I was saying earlier? I understand intellectually, you know, um, getting rid of my attachments. But I never understood that my attachments went far deeper into my way of thinking. I always thought that would remain intact, but that's samsara. So now he understands I need to clear away my cares and agonies. They're agonies now. He didn't see them as agonies before, but his cares, that's a very important word that uh, Mr. Hurwitz used here. Yeah, Professor Hurwitz. Dwelling in mountains and valleys, which is what a Pratyaga Buddha does, just goes off into isolation to attain enlightenment. Remember the poem on the, <clears throat> excuse me, rhinoceros. Or being at the foot of trees in forests, whether seated or walking about, I constantly thought of these things. Ah, said I, in profound self-reproach. The aha moment, the renge. Ah, he says. How can I have so deceived myself? Though all sons of the Buddha entered alike into dharmas without outflows, we shall not be able in the future to expound the unexcelled path. The 32 marks, the gold color, the 10 strengths, the various deliverances are all together within one dharma. Yet I have not gained these things. The 80 kinds of wondrous good, the 18 unshared dharmas, and such excellences as these, though there be, have uh, yet have I missed them all. When I go about alone, I see the Buddha present in the great multitude, his name being brooded about in all ten directions, broadly benefiting the beatings, the, the beings, the beings, <laughs> ben broadly benefiting the beings. I think to myself that I have lost this advantage, for I imagine I have been deceiving myself. I constantly, day and night, think repeatedly about these things. I wish to question the world-honored one about them. Whether I have missed them or not, I constantly see the world-honored one praising the bodhisattvas. Thus, day and night, do I constantly weigh and measure matters such as these. Now I hear the Buddha's voice preaching the Dharma in accord with what is appropriate for the moment, with the, what is freed of outflows, hard to conceive or to discuss. He causes the beings to reach the platform of the path. Formerly, I attached to wrong views, was a teacher of Brahmins. The world-honored one, knowing my thoughts, uprooted the wrongs and preached nirvana. I completely, clearing, the way, clearing away my wrong views, directly witnessed the empty dharmas. At that time, in my heart, I said to myself that I had contrived to reach the passage into extinction. But now, at last, I am aware that this is no real passage into existence. When I contrive to become a Buddha, when I am fully endowed with the 32 marks, when a multitude of gods, men, and yakshas, as well as dragon spirits and the like, do me honor, at that time, and not before, 
shall I be able to say that I am forever and completely extinguished without residue, right? The nirvana of no longer clinging to the cycle of birth and death, moment to moment to moment to moment to moment, clinging to it, not, not experiencing it, but not clinging to it, anticipating the next moment, right? Future, those are imagination, right? Clinging to the past. There's, there's nothing there. It's over. This is the mental shift, right? Yes, things exist for a period of time. But if your thinking in samsara is attached to those things, then you're in the past all the time. That's why you suffer. Let them be what they are every single moment and be in this moment with everything. Do you see the difference? It's quite a shift. It may seem subtle, but to actually get your mind to make that shift is no easy feat. Because the moment you start to think, where am I going? What's going to happen? Anticipating the future, you're no longer experiencing the full of each moment. The future is happening. You don't need to concern yourself with it. Here it is. Here it is. Because everything is momentum. We have this illusion of standing still. What a joke. Look at the speeds of the rotation of the planet. The rotation of the, the solar system. The rotation of our sun and the solar system around the galaxy. The galaxy moving through space at how many uh, uh, meters per parsec per Ah, it'll drive you mad. Nothing is standing still. There is no such thing as static. But that's not how we see the world, is it? That's not how we experience the world because we experience samsarically. So what does it look like to not do that? Oh, yeah, that must be distinct. It must not be anything like I'm familiar with. It's a paradigm shift the Buddha in the midst of the great multitude says that I shall become a Buddha well I we all have the potential to do this oh man that's exciting and a little daunting yeah when I hear a Dharma sounds such as this my doubts and second thoughts are completely cleared away because this, I'm determined this is going to happen. Ooh. When first I heard the Buddha's preaching, in my heart I was greatly alarmed. Surely Mara is playing Buddha, right? That's quite a statement. Mara, the overlord of samsara, you could say, is tricking me posing another goal called Buddha for my samsaric entertainment. <laughs> yeah, that's some serious doubt, yeah? <laughs> Confusing my thoughts, no doubt. The Buddha, by resort to various means, trying to work around this stuff because Buddha, our Buddha-ness, our enlightenment, knows our own self-trickery Right? Remember, remember the word he used earlier? Contrived? That's what we do all the time. 
parables and cunning phrases preaches, but his thought is as calm as the sea. When I hear him, my network of doubt is severed. The Buddha says that in ages gone by, incalculable Buddhas now passed into extinction, dwelling securely in the midst of expedient devices, also preach this Dharma, every one of them. That the Buddhas of the present and future, their numbers passed all reckoning. Also, by resort to expedient devices, set forth a Dharma such as this one. Just as in the present, the world-honored one, beginning with his birth and going through his departure from the household life, his attainment of the path and his turning of the Dharma wheel has also preached by resort to expedient devices. So he's talking about the entire life of Shakyamuni here, or Siddhartha Gautama, yeah? The world-honored one preaches the real path, while Pipiyam's the more evil one, Mara, has none of this. By this token, I now for certainty, I know for certainty now, that this is no Mara playing Buddha, but that I, through having fallen into a net of doubt, though this was the work of Mara, thought this was the work of Mara, when I hear the Buddha's gentle voice, profound, far removed from the ordinary understanding and extremely subtle, you got to seek beneath the words in it. Oh, then the light comes on, yes? Setting forth the pure Dharma, my heart is overjoyed. My doubts and second thoughts are cleared away forever. And I dwell securely in the midst of real knowledge, saying, of a certainty I shall become a Buddha. Revered by gods and men, I shall turn the unexcelled Dharma wheel, teaching and converting bodhisattvas. And that little quote at the end is what is meant by achieving the Buddha way, staying in nirvana, in this earthly realm, in this mundane realm, in samsara, but with the mind with the Buddha eye open, that is coursing in the world as a bodhisattva. And as I've said before, that very accomplishment is inspiring, causes others to aspire to what, even in their ignorance, what is it about that person? What is it about her when she walks into a room that I just want to be like her? What is it about that guy when he walks into the room that I just feel a little lighter? What is he doing? What is he, you know? What does she know that I don't know? And then Samsara takes over and either their doubts come rising to the fore. Oh yeah, you're full of baloney. And they walk away. But if you manage to introduce Namo Myoho Rengekyo to them, the formula of the thinking, the actual thought of enlightenment, because that's what Myoho Rengekyo is. It's this very paradigm shift Jashariputra is talking about. Once exposed, it bounces around in there and it will have to express itself like any good seed, unscorched, will eventually a plant make 
a renge, a lotus blossom, and it builds on itself. It may take a long time. It may come years later. It may happen in that very moment. Mm. And our practice is our preparedness for this thirst that sentient minds all have, right? It's another way of looking at how we all have innate Buddhahood. Buddha is a part of everything, from you and I to rocks and plants to gases. Everything is formed, right? The engine of life. Everything is karma. How do we realize, how do we see, how do we experience in its moment-to-moment -moment instantiation the, the truth, the, the actual experience of being hmm? instead of just tracing footprints and fooling ourselves into thinking that that is the being. No. That's the has-been or will-be. That this be Right? It's an amazing little section there. Let's go on a little further. At that time, the Buddha declared to Shariputra, having heard all of this, I now speak in the midst of the great multitude of gods, men, sarmanas, brahmans, and the like. Remember, these are all mental... I don't want to use, say, formations again. They're mental positionings, right? Like Shariputra just described. His particular set of doubts, his particular set of errant thoughts, influenced by Mara, in other words, Samsara, his attachments, which he believes are unattached, are still governed by the attachment of Samsara. And it's unique to him. His, it's not unique to him as a sentient mind. It's his interpretation, his attachments, his doubts, his errant thoughts. They're unique to his experience. That's why he says the multitudes. And wherever you come from, from a place of deep learning or practice or whatever, and the, their personages in Buddhism, right? Like the Brahmins and the Shramanas, and they're all different states of activity in samsara, activity of the mind. I think that's the best I've ever said that. So all these people are there. Formerly, I, this is Shakyamuni talking now, in the presence of two myriads of millions of Buddhas for the sake of the unexcelled path was constantly teaching and converting you. That's been my goal all along. And you, throughout the long night of time, following me, received my instruction. It is because I led you hither by resort to expedient devices that you have been born into my dharma. Shariputra, long ago I taught you to aspire to the Buddha path. Right? That's what I was just saying. That's, a, that's what we're all doing. But it's hard to make people aspire to the Buddha path if you don't know it yourself. 
You have completely forgotten, he says to Shariputra. Accordingly, you say to yourself that you have already gained passage into ex extinction. <laughs> right? What I was saying earlier. You've once again contrived something you've accomplished that you actually have not. Now, once again, wishing to cause you to recall the path you trod in keeping your former vow for the voice hearers' sakes, I preach this scripture of the greater vehicle named the Lotus Blossom of the Fine Dharma, a Dharma preached to bodhisattvas, one which the Buddha keeps in mind. In other words, I'm coursing in this Dharma, this experience of truth. Shariputra, you in an age to come, beyond incalculable, limitless, inconceivable kalpas, having made offerings to several thousands of myriads of millions of Buddhas, having upheld the true Dharma and having acquired to perfection the path trodden by bodhisattvas, shall be able to become a Buddha named Flower Glow, Padma Prabha, a thus come one worthy of offerings of right and universal knowledge, your clarity and conduct perfect, well gone, understanding the world, an unexcelled worthy, a regulator of men of stature, a teacher of gods and men, a Buddha, a world-honored one. And thank you, Professor Hurwitz, for not throwing in the word arhat here. The BDK, still working in the Tripitaka and early teachings, refuses to let that word go, but it's not appropriate. You notice Professor Hurwitz doesn't use it anymore because it's not appropriate to the, the pinnacle of Mahayana, certainly, or Mahayana at all, because it's not a complete form of enlightenment, right? It's still in samsara. But this is what he means when he says, well gone. Not that this is your last body and you won't be back. No, that you're gone already, right? Nothing could say more about being in the moment and experiencing the momentum of the engine of life as you are being than being well gone. Now, moving into the next, this is where life happens. Now, he puts this, as he does in all these predictions, he puts this into the scope of after you've done this for a very long time. He's not talking about actual years or time for that matter. Right? We've talked about, and it's in the first Buddhism reference book, this idea of time, of sitting on a picket fence for five minutes versus sitting on a comfortable bench for five minutes. One five-minute period seems inexorably longer than the other, right? It's about experience. It's about effort. It's about commitment. Don't forget that. It's easy to get pulled away by these words that sound like long, long time or multiple lifetimes. It's about multiple moments, cycle of birth and death, birth, death, birth, death, birth, death, birth, death, birth, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, those lifetimes. 
And if you want to know how long a moment is, I defined it in ex <laughs> to its nth degree with Planck's units. Yeah. That Buddha's realm, when you awaken your Buddhaness, shall be named free of defilements. Its land shall be flat and even, clean, well-adorned, tranquil, rich, right? Free of obstacles, in other words. It shall have a vaiduria for soil in the eightfold network of highways, each bordered with cords of pure gold. At their sides shall be columns of seven jewels, constantly bearing blossoms and fruit, flower, uh, flower uh, glow. The thus come one shall furthermore be, uh, by resort to the three vehicles, teach and convert the beings. Shariputra, through the time of the, that Buddha's emergence, shall not be an evil age. By reason of his former vow, he shall preach the Dharma of the three vehicles. His kalpa shall be named adorned with great jewels. Why shall it be named adorned with great jewels, you ask? Because in that realm, bodhisattvas shall be taken for great jewels. Those bodhisattvas shall be incalculable, limitless, past reckoning and discussion beyond the reach of the number of par or, or parable, such that each, uh, ex such that except with the power of Buddha knowledge, none shall be able to know them. This is the great fortune that you will experience and your environment will experience as a result of your enlightenment. When they are all about to walk, jeweled blossoms shall spring up to receive their feet. These bodhisattvas shall not have just launched their thoughts, but all shall have long since planted the roots of excellence and shall cultivate Brahman conduct purely. In the presence of incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of Buddhas, being constantly the objects of the Buddha's praise, ever cultivating Buddha knowledge, acquiring throughout great spiritual penetration, knowing well the gateways of all the dharmas, straightforward and honest, without deception, firm in intent and mindfulness, attitude and intent, attitude and intent. Such bodhisattvas as these shall fill that realm. Shariputra, the lifespan of the Buddha flower glow shall be 12 minor kalpas, excluding the time during which he shall be a prince, having not yet become a Buddha. The lifespan of the people of his realm shall be eight minor kalpas. Flower glow, the thus come one, when 12 minor kalpas have passed, shall present a prophecy of Anuttara Samyak Sambodai, unexcelled, complete, perfect enlightenment, to the Bodhisattva, hard full. I tell you, bhikshus, that this bodhisattva hard full shall in turn become a Buddha, who shall be called he whose feet tread securely on blossoms. Oh, the imagery is amazing. <laughs> Atatagato Ran Samyak Sambuddha his Buddha realm shall also be of the same sort. Shariputra, after the passing into extinction of this Buddha flower glow, his true dharma shall abide in the world for 32 minor kalpas, and his counterfeit dharma shall abide in the world also for 32 
minor kalpas. At that time, the world honor one wishing to restate this meaning proclaimed gathas. And we'll save that for the next video, okay? So, this is still, this, we're talking, and this conversation is happening between Shariputra and Shakyamuni as, as a great discovery of what this brand new erudition and teaching of the experience of Dharma is, but we still haven't learned what it is. Everyone's excited. They're making great plans for what it'll mean to do so, but they haven't really told us what it is. Although it's implied, it's not really clear, is it? Yeah, the Lotus Sutra to the uninitiated who don't understand the pattern of all the teachings of Shakyamuni would read this and, well, the first, it's very confusing. It's very daunting and it's very, there's a dissatisfaction when you first read it because it keeps talking about this, but it never really tells you what this is, seemingly, if you don't understand it which most don't if they don't have preparatory teachings to get there. Even this prediction of Shariputra's enlightenment says that he will teach the three paths because those expedient means are necessary to teach the ignorant, people who don't know. So how can you start with the pinnacle and understand it? Certainly not fully. And... Uh, there are people who would have you stick simply to that because there's a there's a kind of a power to ignorance, isn't it? Or a power of people who use others as ignorance in order to manipulate and control them. That's why we have to study more broadly so we can understand what these what this teaching specifically is built upon. Nietzsche is constantly quoting from all over the map. Look at Nietzsche. He's our great example. He tells us, do as I do. Live as I have lived with this teaching. And Nietzsche, a brilliant scholar, quotes constantly from various sutras and commentaries, even outside of Buddhism, to put the teachings into context. What a brilliant teacher. Thank you, Nietzsche. Yeah? So, for our endeavor, again, I have so much appreciation for you taking the time to study, taking the time to listen to you know, my insights. The main thing is that you get your own insights out of this, that this awakens certain things, certain aha moments for you, yeah? That's what this resource is about. This is my only hope in accomplishing and keeping this resource growing and being valid. So, Liking and subscribe when you do that, very important to get this, these insights and your comments right to others so that they could benefit and reach their own insights and strengthen all of our practice. Hmm? To strengthen our confidence. That's the critical thing. So this, this compendium of videos the free podcasts, all the free information on threefoldlaws.com. You know all the links, they're down there. Patrons who simply support with donations, and your patrons too. If, if you're buying 
uh, uh, e-books or print books or mandalas, all of that, every cent goes into supporting this endeavor, helping it grow, paying the bills, blah, blah, blah. So I, I'm extremely grateful. Thank you for that. Keep your practice strong. Take care of your health. And I will see you in the next one. Okay? There's my cursor. There it is. Bye for now.